You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we seek to separate fact from fiction as it pertains to the wife-sharing lifestyle, be it cuckolding, be it hot-wifing, and also with some of the interracial BBC lifestyle thrown in there just for good measure. Um, today, I have the pleasure of having a, a couple on with me, and they are actually uh, live in studio with me. I always enjoy doing these episodes. They're just, they're just more fun to do. I know that they're not always possible or practical, so I always enjoy them whenever I'm able to do them. So I want to introduce you all to G and R. He is G. She is R. Won't you guys say hi? Hi, Michael. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very good, and how are you? I'm very good. <laughs> Excited to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. And G, how about you, sir? Fantastic. Uh, thank you. Great to be here. And I want to apologize in advance if you hear any 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 noise. We're actually in a midtown uh, Manhattan hotel, and uh, right on the street, so there may be some some road noise going by. So I apologize in in advance for that. Now, um, I met you guys a little while ago. Uh, I believe we encountered each other on Twitter first, or maybe you wrote me. I can't recall exactly. Things kind of blur together for me sometimes. But I do know that you guys are a cuckold couple. And one of the things that kind of immediately piqued my interest about you was you, you have a unique background. Like the way that you two kind of came into each other's lives is rather interesting and it's not something that I've come across before. So if you wouldn't mind uh, kind of just sharing with my listeners how you came into each other's lives. And Gee, I'll let you kind of address that first. Yeah, it is a uh, very interesting story. I've, I've told it uh, several times. Um, I was uh, young, out of college, and had a older friend who was a mentor. Mm-hmm. And Now, uh, you say a mentor. Mentor like business, a mentor? Mentor in business. Okay. Uh, we uh, played some golf together. Um hit it off and saw this as a, uh, a person that I, I uh, sought to uh, learn from in the business world, definitely. And uh, we lived many states away, and he invited me to, um, uh, to his town to play some golf, and I thought we were just, well, we did, we played golf, and it was multiple-day event, and um, multiple-day event, and uh, that evening, we had a hotel room, and back then before cell phones, uh, phone rang, and he um, said, hey, gee, it's for you. Run downstairs and uh, you know, take care of that. So I thought it was uh, picking up a pizza or something, mm-hmm. and uh, I went downstairs into the lobby, and there she was, this beautiful, incredibly sexy white dress. Big heels, uh, 
stockings, and she asked, are you, are you G? And, yeah, I am, and says, I'm here for you. Oh, wow. And uh, Now, you were how old at the time? 23 or 4. Oh, wow. Okay. You still had baby's book on your breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, let's go up to the room, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. So in the hotel, showed me a little bit of uh, what was in store, and it just my brain just, just melted. Mm-hmm. And this uh, older gentleman, uh, mentor of mine, um, uh, knew R, and uh, he wanted to watch. Us to inter- uh, be introduced and to watch me be with her. Okay. And so that was the introduction. So prior to this experience, you knew nothing about this world. Uh, I, uh, as far as the world of kink and yeah, had an active mind and you know based, right. based on her age, uh, you know, based internet uh, porn, basically. Mm-hmm. Is what I knew. Okay. Okay. And are the uh, how old were you at this time? He said he was twenty three, and how old were you at this time? We're the same age, so I was 22 or 23. Okay. And at this point, how long had you been with his mentor? I would say at least five years, three three to five years. Okay. And we, um, you know, we had had a relationship for, for all, actually from the very moment that we met had a relationship mm-hmm. and he we talked frequently and he knew what I wanted kind of out of a sexual life and he introduced me to that and okay so you have that first experience with her kind of blows your mind where do things go after that like did it become like a regular thing or was it like because you said you guys live several states away so was this something that you look forward to whenever you would visit him or like how frequently did it happen well one thing i'll tell you i was absolutely ruined from that point on to ever have a uh, productive relationship with another woman because that experience with her defined uh everything for me melding beauty sex uh, intellectual pursuit it just mm-hmm. she became my it thing that I wanted and I could not have her right um, so to your question whenever I could <laughs> <laughs> so this was about uh, my mentor would uh, a couple times a year usually around a sporting event golf event some reason to get together go to the casino something like that uh, and I would be chomping at the bit, asking him when could we do it again. <laughs> right. So you were pretty much hooked from the word go. Hooked from the word go. Now, absolutely. For you, are uh, was he was was G one of multiple mentees? You know, people that he knew that he shared you with, or was this a, a one off kind of thing? Like, in other words, I know. He's expressing how he saw you. I'm curious as to how you saw him. So there were other men. Mm -hmm. But G was different. Um, I always enjoyed being with him so much more than the others because 
they looked at me and he looked within. He could see right. The real see you. Me. And he looked at me in my eyes and I, I felt him in my soul. Mm-hmm. And so yes. Anytime <laughs> I knew that it was gonna be G, I was all over it. Now I'm curious did you, because I'm, I'm guessing from what you're telling me, there was some type of, uh, uh, I guess I'll ask the question, was there like a dominant submissive dynamic between you and his mentor? Um, that's a tough question. Yeah, a, a little. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Okay, let me let me put it a different way. When someone has a dynamic with someone else and they can basically say, hey, I know this guy, I want you to be with that guy, and you don't even know that guy, I'm just wondering what was it that was motivating you? Was it making his mentor happy? Like, okay, he gave me something to do. I want to make sure that I do it well and make him proud. Or... Because, I mean, you can't say that it was something about G that sparked your interest because you hadn't met him yet. So I'm just kind of curious, what is it that was motivating you in the beginning to follow through on the, the things that he was telling you to do? Okay, okay. So when I first became friends with that person, mm-hmm. I... My dream was to be with two men at right. the same time. I okay. hadn't, hadn't done that. And he made that happen for me. And so there were other friends. And, yes, in the beginning it was great. And then it became more about, okay, we're going here. My friends are going to be there. I want you there too. Right. So, so. Okay. So that's the impression that I'm getting. I mean, it, it, I, I guess because it's a world that I'm very familiar with. And, you know, I guess it's one of those things where, what I say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, um, so that's the situation that you were involved in. So how long did this go on? And obviously you were with him. What were you doing, G, in the meantime, as far as, like, real life? You know, because obviously you could only see her when he allowed it. And I'm sure you weren't just kind of sitting by and and waiting. You had a life to live yourself. So what was going on in in your life in between the opportunities that you were able to see are? Yeah, uh, living life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Career, kids, um, wife, family. Getting after it, mm-hmm. um, workaholic, uh, dove into everything I ever did, and then had the success. Mm-hmm. So uh, you never, obviously, never forgot about her. Never forgot about her, and very much looked forward mm-hmm. to any opportunities. So there were, like I said, there were certain events that you know, annual things, right? Um, that we would uh, look forward to and look to do again. I wanted to make sure we kept those on the calendar. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and how long did this go on? Well, and that's to, to the question before about uh, kind of a submissive role. I say 
I would say it absolutely was because it wouldn't happen unless he permitted it, right? So I was asking permission for it to happen. And then as things uh, progressed over time, it became less and less, Mm -hmm. which made me want it more and more. Now, was he aware that you each had, like, special feelings for each other? Uh, In conversations I had with her, I, yeah, let him know. um, Not overtly. I mean, it wasn't deep conversation, but I let him know that um, I felt she was more than somebody I talked to. Right. And he was, was he okay with that? I think he was okay with it, but I did sense that uh, it was a threat to him. Okay. Okay. And so, I, you know, I know from having conversations uh, with you guys before, like I said, you had gotten married, you had started a family. And how did you get to the point where, because, you know, you guys are married now, you know, so obviously something happened. So what was that something that happened that kind of opened the door for you to, to pursue this type of relationship with each other and everything? Two, two things happened that, um, uh, and happened right at around the same time. Uh, one, I had my classic midlife crisis, uh, but it was one that I was actively seeking to uh, change my life for the better, to live my truth, to be aligned. Not, uh, um, I drank too much. Mm-hmm. I worked too much. Um, I was in, involved in everything I could be involved in to, to keep busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to reset and basically only do the things um, in my life that I saw as intrinsically valuable as opposed to just chasing you know, what life was, what I was supposed to do. Right. And excel at. So quit trying to live someone else's life and what am I really about. So that was kind of me trying to make some major changes in who I was and how I went about my life. And so that's one thing that happened. But right at the same time, something happened for life. You want to share that with us, R? Uh, he died. Oh, okay. Uh, is the short answer to that and up to this point you were only with him like it's like not sexually i mean like emotionally like this was the this was your life partner yes like you didn't marry someone else while still seeing him and okay so you were only with him he he always quote unquote encouraged me to date because he couldn't marry me okay um and couldn't date me openly, mm-hmm. and he encouraged me, again, quote-unquote, to have a boyfriend, but he didn't really want me to mm-hmm. because there was a, a brief time where there was a boyfriend, and he didn't have it. Okay, so I guess to to be you know, to put everything on the table, you were, you were his side piece, as we yes. call it, side piece, side chick. Um, so he was married, I'm guessing. Did his wife know anything about you? I don't think so. Okay. Um, he spent way more time with me than he did her. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know how she did it. And maybe she did and just didn't care. I'm not sure. So just for the, to, you know, for the benefit of my listeners to kind of give 
I try to put things on like a, a timeline. When he passed away, how long had you guys been together? Like that was a pretty long relationship, right? About 25 years. Wow. Wow. Okay, so this kind of serendipitous thing happens where, you know, you know each other and you're both kind of living your lives and every once in a while you would cross and, you know, get to spend some time together, but you were never really able to focus on each other. And then a major change happens in your life, major change happens in your life, and all of a sudden you find your, you know, yourselves kind of free at the same time. I'm kind of curious, up until he passed, did he ever say anything to you? Like, hey, when I'm out of the picture, I want you to be the one, or if it's possible for you, did he ever, like, say anything to you or to you? Or did he just kind of keep it the way it had always been, and then one day he was just gone? like without any kind of instruction or setup or anything? Uh, closer to the latter, he um, he got sick pretty quickly, went, declined very quickly. I actually had scheduled uh, to see him, and uh, he passed. I had planned like the next week, and then he passed away before I got to see him. Right. And I planned on talking to him about it. Okay. So, so you never actually got the opportunity to? I never got, and I, I was going in person. I was going to make the drive and, and see him, and one of the things I wanted to talk to him about. So, curious, at the time that he passed, how much time had passed since you had last seen R? Uh, several, I believe several years at that point, maybe even four or five years. I was thinking. I was. It would have been a while. It had been a while, yeah. So when you got the news that he passed, how quickly did your mind go to her? Oh, first him. I mean, he, he met a lot. Right. No, I understand. You knew him for a long time. and he. But about a millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have a way? Because you said it had been like five years. Did you have a way to get in touch with her? Or did you have to no, kind of do something? No, I didn't. Something? I only ever got in touch with her through him. It's the only time in my life I had ever been in touch with her was through him. So how were you able to get in touch with her? The funeral. So you were not going to miss that. <laughs> not, not, no. Okay, so you 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 see each other at the funeral, and <laughs> he's he's no longer here. So those he's always with us, right? No, I get that, but I'm saying that, like you said, you always went through him. Mm-hmm. You know, to to you know to have any kind of uh, you know to spend any kind of time with with R. So you know, even though he's there in spirit. He's physically, he's not there. So you no longer have to go through this person. So I'm just kind of curious, how did things go when you saw each other? And not only is he no longer in the picture physically, but you're no longer married, right? Right. So how did that progress? Like, was it, like, right away, like, hey, I want this, I've been wanting this, you've been wanting this, let's do it, or was it kind of more of a taking things kind of slow? Because I'm imagining that it, more so than for you, this had to be kind of traumatic and tough and, you know, like, you went on with your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though you still saw her occasionally, you were able to go on with your life professionally, personally, like you said, married, kids, though, whereas for you, you kind of put all your eggs in that one basket and now that basket is gone 
So I'm just kind of curious, like, were you ready to jump into something else? Or did you need time to kind of find yourself? Like, what was that, that time period like, you know, you see each other at the funeral? How did things move forward after that? Um, I was completely lost. Understandably so. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I did not know what to do with myself, and I desperately needed someone I could talk to. There was no one I could talk to. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to my family. Couldn't talk to his family about what I was really feeling, and what you know, and um, so you know, we talked some at the funeral. But you know, when everybody goes home after the funeral, you go home too, and right, everyone else has someone to go home to, and I didn't. It was you know, he was always around. He was so intertwined in my life. But, you know, how do I, how do I go to work? How do I? you know, hang out at the house, how do I, how do I do anything? Mm-hmm. And then you, G contacted me, and I didn't even respond back right away. <laughs> <laughs> it was not that I didn't want to. Um, yeah, I was in a place. And so I, so after uh, it was a good two months, probably before I responded back, and just something hit me, and I responded, and it—I mean, it was just like an explosion of emotion. It was everything that I needed. Everything he said was right. Everything that I felt was—it felt like winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. It felt like a dream, and I was terrified that I was going to wake up that next morning and it that it didn't happen right and it uh, it was it was I mean it was just everything every it was everything was perfect so you said that you had been living several states away how long did that last like how long before you were like I got to move to her or or did you move her to you like who who moved? So I was really tra- working on this transformational change, and I'm meditating, and I'm I'm trying to be a totally different person, uh, you know, trying to, to live in the moment. And um, so the second, like, and she said, it just we were, it was going to happen. So I went ahead and um, blew up the rest of my life that I hadn't already. Quit my job, and. Uh, I didn't fully move down because of my obligations. Right. Um, some of the obligations that I still had, but I I went and made every waking moment that I could with her. And just looking to learn, understand, and I think part of how we are now is that we left no stone unturned as far as who we were exactly, what we have been through, and we just worked on that for a year and a half almost two years of really understanding who each other were to make sure if this was this was right. Okay, and again, to, to, to give my listeners an idea as, as far as uh, time, um, how long ago did he pass? Like, we're in 2021 now, September. How long ago did he pass away? A little more than five years ago. Okay, so... 
like you said, it took you a couple months before you returned this call, which I'm sure must have been hell for you <laughs> waiting for her to respond to you. Um, so, but it's been about uh, five years. So you, you, you reconnect and you start kind of going through this process and, and, you know, like you said, you were spending as much time as, as, as you could uh, with her and kind of repositioning your life and making some changes and, and, and everything. When you did reconnect with her, and like you said, it was this this kind of explosive thing, so I get the impression that you were even more into her than you were before. Well, you know, and, um, so mature enough and have right. seen enough of my life, and I've already told you that you know I'd learned from mistakes and wanting to do things differently. I didn't want to be fooled by the physical aspects of her. I mean, she's just look at her. Right. <laughs> she's, uh, and I wanted to make sure she was the real deal, that uh, what I felt. I even went as far in that time to openly with her uh, reach out to other women in my life who I really thought maybe I had a connection with mm-hmm. and to make sure that I wasn't fooling myself for the one. So I, I literally went on dates with um, people that I really thought I had connected with. Um, to make sure that um, she was absolutely, there was no doubt in my mind. And in that couple years was making sure she was what I thought she was. Right, and that's what I, what I was getting at it is that you, I guess, you were only allowed to get to know her but so much. Right. Like there, there's this kind of presence that was checking you and also checking you, so you didn't have that total freedom to really get to know each other now all of a sudden that presence is removed and now you have the freedom it's like well now I, I actually get the chance to get to know this person and let me i guess get past the infatuation absolutely phase so, you know intellectually spiritually emotionally was she everything i thought because i hadn't spent enough right. time with her to really know who she was and how long did it take you to figure out that yeah she's the real well, deal it, it was great because as we're doing it and we're doing these things uh, together things that she liked to do that i'd never done things i like to do never done um it just kept getting it's like boy this feels right this real it's it might be mm-hmm. um she actually might be as good as she is in my mind um and in fact it was better uh she was far exceeded anything that I had hoped for from uh, intellectual, critical thinking. Mm. Uh, she's got the most common sense of everybody I've ever met in my life. I, um, I never let anybody drive. I, if we're going somewhere in a car, I drive. Right. Right? That's just the way it is. She's the first person in my life that I can sit in the passenger seat and have any comfort, comfort mm-hmm. at all. Now, the real question is, can you go to sleep while she drives? <laughs> uh, I have, but yeah, <laughs> rare. That, uh, that, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have, though. Um, yeah, I can I can not be in control with her. First person in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, for you, R, I'm curious. Like he said, he was kind of going through this, well, let me make sure she is, and let me kind of make sure that there's nothing going on with these other women over here. Did you go through something similar, or were you like, nah, that's either him or nobody? I knew right away. I am a Scorpio, and I can see <laughs> people. I mean, I can 
there are very few people I can't read. Mm-hmm. And it was real easy for me to see that it was him. And we were seeing each other for about six months before I even told my family, even mentioned it. And then the first time that he came to see, to meet my parents, um, I told her, I was like, I hope that you like him because I'm not bringing anyone else home. Mm. Did they? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They did, very much. Fortunately, fortunately. Ours mom loves me. Okay. So. (laughs) She does. you, you, You get all your other stuff out of the way. You get that clarity. You come to the point where you are like, hey, this is, you know, she's not only what I thought she was, but she's more. You know, and I'm not going to fuck this up, you know, so I'm going to, you know, make my in, in, in intentions known. So you said it was five years ago that he passed. Uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, how long did it take you to get your shit together before, before you were ready to be with her and not have any of these other specters kind of floating around? Over that time, every day it's like getting closer and closer right. and closer. And there was a point there where uh, probably about two to two and a half years in where I made it real clear. Okay. And uh, that was the intention. I was going to do whatever it took to make that happen. Okay. So now you guys are together. And and she moved to me. Okay. So she, okay, she moved to you. And you were saying how going back, 20 some odd years when your mentor when she first came to the door you know you had been a regular guy college guy you know we we do our thing we play we fuck you know but there's not really any of that kink or added dimension stuff to it and she was providing that to you did you seek like other than her and that time span did you ever seek out any kind of kink or was she was it strictly vanilla in every other aspect of your life except when you no, had your encounters with her? And that's where I had a lot of um, shame in my life um, because I couldn't have her and I was trying to live this outward vanilla life and I was secretly doing anything I could to get whatever kink rust get her out of my head. And um, so I was not a good husband at all. I tried every kink on my own, uh, trying to find one that felt right, mm-hmm. trying to make me feel whole. I, I was an alcoholic. Um, I dove into anything I could mentally to um, occupy my mind. Right. Okay, so you go through your, I, I guess we can call it like a cleansing <laughs> period, and you kind of exercise all of those things out of your life, and you, you, know, you, you make that promise to yourself to do better. And I guess in your mind, you're thinking, what better person to do better with, what better person to be better for than, you know, than her? And I had always wanted a relationship where I could be totally honest with somebody without the fear of um, judgment from them in a negative light. So there's all this social conditioning about how you're supposed to be, what mm-hmm. you're like. And you say something to that, very honest, I have these thoughts, and uh, there's a conditioned response back, and so we lose honesty with each other. So that 
when we talk about that two-year period where we're I'm trying to figure out if she really is the one, that is two years of daily, brutal honesty, you know, pillow talk sessions, like, they're just amazing, let's lay in bed, and oh, I even, you know, showed her my, some of the meditation tapes and things that I would do to free the mind and let it go and do that with her, and this, this back and forth of free-throwing thought and uh, brutal honesty, mm-hmm. and for her to look me in the eye and say, it's okay that you think and feel this way. Now, for you, R, I'm, I'm kind of curious, obviously... He knows you in a very intimate way, and I'm not just talking about physically. I mean, he knows the situation that you were in. He knows what you were to this man. He knows, you know, how this man put you in various situations. So you, I guess you felt no need to hide anything from him because he'd known you for so long and knew the situation so you could be, you know, totally authentic with him. Um but was that still difficult to be that authentic and to be that open, or did it just come, I guess, natural to you because you had known him for so long? Yeah, I never had any trouble telling him anything, mm-hmm. and that was the beauty of the relationship as it started is that he knew that there was a lot going on, and it was it was nice to be able to express it to someone other than because you know I didn't have a special girlfriend that I said, oh my gosh, you know, guess what we did, right? Or you know, there was there was no one, and it just felt really good to release all those feelings and all those thoughts and with him. So you you said that you basically explored every kind of you know kink that you could pretty much get your hands on it. So I'm guessing in this time, I mean, obviously you had been introduced to sharing, like seeing someone share their partner. Um, so you, I guess, had some knowledge of, of that as you were exploring. Is, is that when, you know, you kind of stumbled across, uh, like I'm just trying to figure out when did cuckolding come into, like when did it, become a thing in your mind like oh wait a minute there are people who do this and they do it this way and they have this kind of relationship and this kind of dynamic like when did that get on your radar so i uh i like to say we're evolving together in this and cuckolding is uh relatively new to us okay i would say just the last three months really um it's evolved pretty quickly right since i brought it up the first time (laughs) (laughs) um but even um, so, in that period over the last five years, and knowing how we were in the past, we were in the lifestyle together and exploring and enjoying ourselves. But nothing really—it never felt that right. And we'd always do these deep debriefs: what did we like, what did we don't like. We're just kind of finding our way in the along the spectrum, trying things and and figuring out well what what has clicked or what feels good. So, kind of finding our finding our way together, which has been great not doing it alone. Right. And it's a lot easier to do with a beautiful woman than it is on your own. No, absolutely. It makes it makes a, a, a really big difference. So I, I know from uh, from one of the conversations that you and I had um, that, you know, there was some swinging involved in, in your dynamic uh, 
know, playing with other couples. Um, how did you transition from that into, and not even just saying the cuckolding aspect of it, but just getting to the point where you're like, you know what? I just like watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, swing, because swinging, you're not able to just watch. Swinging, you, you know, there's another woman involved and she's expecting attention from you. So you can't give all of that attention to your partner while she's playing because then this other woman is going to feel bad. So what was it that led to you transitioning from doing the swinging couple swapping thing to just being in a place where you were like, you know what, I just enjoy watching you? Um, so in these, I, I've called them pillow talk sessions, but you know, we go to bed together and right. we're falling asleep and we're talking. And uh, one of the, the best things that happen when we talk about who's in charge, who's in control, and I've already, you know, the driving analogy. Um, you know, I finally in my life, it felt so, um, just in everything we do, to be with someone where I didn't feel like I had to take care of everything, which over time starts frustrating. I feel like I've got a partner here who takes this stuff, stuff on. So we talk about the different experiences we had um, and talking about, well, I really enjoyed uh, watching you. I enjoy how people look. I love the attention you get. I love it when people approach me to tell me that they're interested in you. Um, and this is quickly not anything, you know, this idea of um, I want to go be with the swap another couple to be with the wife. Um, I enjoyed the the other guy's attention on her mm-hmm. uh, far more than I cared about right, giving pleasing attention to... and pleasing the other. And even um, my pleasure just stopped i always thought my pleasure was the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. but as we're going through this together and talking i'm realizing it doesn't matter to me anymore the only thing that matters to me um is the pleasure she gets and what i really like is the fact that people hold her in in such uh put her on a pedestal from a desire standpoint right it's really scratching an itch for me that you didn't even know that you had i didn't even know that i had right and then the other thing I'll throw in there, so we do have the, the racial component. So in one of these pillow talks, mm-hmm. um, I said, and you know, just fantasize, I see a black guy with a big cock with you. Right. And she said, do that for you. <laughs> now, up to this point, you had never done it before? Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was off the table. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the other guy. For the other guy, not, not for me. Okay, so it wasn't something that he wanted to entertain. Absolutely. Okay, I got you. The guy from Tech. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so you're making this transition. So, R, one of the things that I'm curious about, when you were doing the uh, the couple swap thing, were you doing that for him? like, Or did you get genuine pleasure out of seeing him with another woman? Or was it like, hey, it makes him happy, I want him to be happy, but it's not... In other words, when he stopped doing it, did you miss it? Or were you like, phew, good, I'm glad we ain't got to do that no more. Um, so I didn't love it, <laughs> but I didn't hate it. Um, and it's it's interesting because, you know, if, if she's cool enough to keep my interest, she's more interested in me. 
and and I like that. So I would prefer her be more interested in me than me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just my selfishness there. I want all eyes on me. Right, right, and 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 that's the that's one of the things that I enjoy about this lifestyle because I, I I talk to wives all the time and you know many of them will say you know when I ask them that question you know as far as does their husband play and a lot of women will be like look no I, I, I'm not wired the way that he is you know and they'll often say I know it sounds bad and my response is always no it doesn't like that's the beauty of this is that you get to be honest like you don't have to say that you like something when you really don't. Whereas a lot of couples that I talk to who are swinger couples and who are still swinger couples, it's not a hundred percent. Like there are some women that they don't they don't really enjoy seeing their husband with somebody. They accept it, you know, and they kind of try to distract themselves by playing with this other guy. But the simple act of their husband being with another woman and openly lusting after another woman, that's not something that they particularly enjoy, but they can't be honest about it. So I like the fact that on this side of the fence that we occupy, women like yourself get to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to toe the company line, uh, you know, so to speak. So you guys evolve. You get to the point where you're like, you know what, playing with those other women, I know that you're not going to stop me from doing it, but I no longer have the desire to do it. I want to focus 100% on you. I want to see guys focus 100% on you. I don't want a guy who's there with his wife who has to divide his attention. I want somebody to be able to focus totally on you because that's what I enjoy. What did that feel like to you? to have him come to that side naturally as opposed to sometimes people have to kind of, you know, you see that she's upset and that she doesn't like it, so you have to kind of let it go, whereas with her, she wasn't trying to stop you. You just kind of came to this place naturally. So how did that make you feel to kind of see him come to that place without any kind of prodding from you? Um, I was glad, but I wasn't shocked because – one time that he was uh, with a woman, we were at a party, and he was with this woman, and I was telling him I'm. she was sucking his cock, and I said, do not get fucking hard in her mouth. <laughs> I was whispering this into his ear, uh, which was fun for me, <laughs> and... <laughs> and, and, and terrifying for me. Yeah, I can imagine. I, Shit. I, I can't win at this yeah. point. One of this one woman's getting mad at me. No yeah. matter what. Yeah, right? somebody's gonna be pissed. <laughs> right. I couldn't win. But it it was a huge turn on. I mean, it was it was. Yeah, just she got me. Okay, so you you said that the the the, the cuck holding thing is 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 still kind of uh, new to you, um, but I. You know, as my listeners know, I've been around this for a, a, a very long time. And sometimes we do something, no matter what it is in life, not just lifestyle stuff, but anything, and it just clicks. Like, it just it just feels right. It's like, you know what, this is, 
this is calling out to me. I'm answering. It works. It's checking all the boxes. So what is it about this particular corner of the lifestyle that felt so right to you? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, for me, it is about empowering R. Mm -hmm. It is about um, she's intelligent, beautiful, it's caring, empathy for every. I mean, see how she uh, interacts personally with people and takes an interest in them. Um, but to know that she's been in um, the role of a submissive in her life. Right. And part of, you know, some listening to your podcast and some of the other podcasts out there uh, in the space, which are fantastic. So we started listening to them and having a conversation that, you know, they're different way i didn't know about but it was female-led relationship and it wasn't like we're diving in it so we laughed that we take turns being in control right and that's one of the great things i think is working in our marriage and life you know it's not lifestyle all the time mm. it's in fact it's a very small yeah. piece of your overall time um but you know sharing the responsibilities and, and uh, i don't have to be on all the time but sharing with her that it's different. You can take a more dominant role in our, our lifestyle events. In fact, you can be in control and seeing her saying, I can do that, the lifestyle stuff, but to see how that is impacting other aspects of our life too. So the confidence when we um, go out to dinner, um, being assertive about what she wants to eat and to wear and to um, is to give her that empowerment and to see her act on it is incredibly rewarding. Um, we had a conversation you know, before, and one of the things that you had said to me uh, that kind of stuck with me was understanding the type of relationship that she was in before. And not that she was treated badly, but she was just treated differently. And you then kind of taking it upon yourself to say, I'm just, I'm going to show you something different. You know, you had been kind of living this way for almost half your life, you know, and if I were in your life, I would do things differently. And I'm going to start by, you know, by building you up, you know, by, you know, showing you what your total worth is and not just a piece of, of you know of, of your worth showing you that you know as sexy as you are as beautiful as you are as sexual as you are that's just a small piece of you um so for R I'm curious what it felt like knowing that he was doing that knowing that he's opening these other doors and he's kind of coming at you a different way and and maybe treating you in a way that you're not really accustomed to. Like you said, putting this power in your hand where maybe in your previous relationship that power was never really, you know, bestowed on you. Like you said, when he passed, you struggle with simple things like going to work. And, you know, because I'm guessing he was pulling so many strings and dictating so much 
now all of a sudden you're alone and it's like, okay, now I got to kind of do these things on my own. And then you get in deeper with G and he's still putting that responsibility for you, but it's coming from a different place. It's more like trust and it's more of a, of a, of a building you up. Like I'm doing this because I know that you can do it. I know that you have it within yourself to do it. And I'm going to show you that you can do it by putting you in that position. So I'm just kind of curious, what did that feel like for you to be in that position when you hadn't really been in it before? Because knowing you now and, you know, the short time that I've known you and, and spending time with you, much like, you know, I, I say that this lifestyle clicked with G, it seemed to have clicked with you too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you don't seem to be struggling, struggling with it from my perspective. I'm just curious as to what that felt like to all of a sudden have that, hey, you can do this kind of thrust upon you. Um, in the beginning, it was real uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize before how much of a secret I was and how quiet I had to be about the relationship before you know it was a secret we got to sneak in here and we got to sneak over there and we can never go to dinner together and you know I was a secret right and when G and I got together the first weekend that we spent together like let's go to dinner let's go to breakfast (laughs) let's go out and do this and let's go I'm like he's like no yes we can (laughs) (laughs) And so it took a while. It took a while to be comfortable with that. And, you know, even even now I find it bizarre at times that I'm doing things with my husband in this great place and I don't have to keep it a secret. I can tell my family about it and I can tell my friends about it and that feels great. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it, that, 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 I mean, I know that, you know, like I said, and this is one of the cool things that I enjoy when I'm able to talk to people in person is you get to see the subtle things. And like the thing that my listeners are not able to see is, you know, G and S, I mean, G and R, they're sitting on a couch in front of me. And they're, even though they are sitting on opposite ends of the couch, they haven't stopped touching each other, you know, and not in a sexual way, whether it's, you know, a leg on each other or holding each other's hands or, or whatever. There's like this constant, you know, contact between them, you know, and that's something that if we were doing this over the phone, I wouldn't be able to see that. And that's one of the reasons why whenever the opportunity presents itself for me to talk to someone in person, I really try to do that because these are the moments that you don't get on the phone. When people hear me talk about the energy is different when you talk to people in person, this is exactly what I mean. Um, well, Michael, by saying that, now I want to touch her even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, don't don't let me don't let me stop you. <laughs> no, it's for a different show. You know, but um, no, it's it's, and personally, that is you know your situation is something that know i can relate to on on some level 
because you know people on my podcast have heard me talk about the fact that that I I have a slave and and you know when she came into my life she had been through a lot and so I had to kind of go through this rebuilding you know instilling confidence showing her that she can do something and you know as I've said I don't have any children of my own but my slave has a daughter who I've been raising and it got to the point where I had to make the decision of, okay, do I need the perfect slave or do I need this woman to be the best mother she can be for her daughter? So I had to instill even more, like I had to kind of release the reins on that and put more control, you know, and, you know, on her shoulders and more responsibility on her shoulders because she hadn't really been in a position to do that before she met me. So listening to you, you know, listening to you talk, I have an idea of what that feels like to see this person that when you knew them before, you know, there were certain things that they didn't believe, certain things that they didn't see in themselves. And then through you, you know, doing everything that you can to build this person up. And I, I know it's not easy you know, and, and, and believing in them and getting them to see themselves through your eyes. And then what it feels like when you see them take those first steps on their own, you know, and start to walk, start to run and start to succeed and start to excel and, 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 and the feeling that it, it gives you. So that's something that I can definitely relate to, at least on some level and understand. Um, so with that being said, you know, this is kind of a cool moment because, you know, you guys have alluded to before, you're married now, you know, and for my listeners, you've been married for how long? A year. Okay. And for whatever reason, uh, you weren't able to take uh, a honeymoon until when? Today. <laughs> day, day one of our honeymoon. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah, with, with COVID. Um, weren't able to do it right this is uh this is the start of our honeymoon no fantastic and and they you know they decided to kind of make the first stop in 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 new york before you know uh, jetting off somewhere else later this weekend and everything so so here we are you're as you said you've been you know uh walking the, the the cuckold path for several for a few months now and it seems to be it seems to be something that you're both very comfortable wearing you know uh for for whatever reason you both seem to have gotten acclimated to it quite quickly <laughs> you know like for someone to spend time with you and be around you and watch the way that the two of you interact and kind of feed off of each other no one would guess that you've only been doing this for three months, you know, um, for whatever that's worth. You know, it, it, it seems like it's something that fits you both, you know, very well in the sense that, you know, for R, the sex has always been there for you as far as, you know, this guy and that guy and that guy. But whereas before you were doing it, you weren't really necessarily in control of it. 
Whereas now you still get to do that, but now you're the one who's calling the shots. And you're enjoying her calling the shots. So you're still getting to experience some of the things that you've gotten used to, but the tables have kind of turned. Like now you're the one calling the shots and you're doing it on your terms and you're, you know, you're, you're being asked about, hey, well, what do you think? And okay, if you don't want to, okay, cool. You know, like you're, you're, you are firmly in, you know, the, the driver's seat and whether you choose to be with someone or choose not to be with someone, just the fact that you are in control is making him happy. I mean, like it's, it's not you necessarily doing something with someone that makes him happy, even though that makes him happy too, but just the fact that you are in control and you are assuming that leadership role makes him happy. So I'm just kind of curious for you, like what does that feel like? What does it feel like to be in control? Um, it's, it took a while. Um, so I do think that the Cuck lifestyle has, has made that change because then with you've been doing this for a few years now, uh, being with bulls mm-hmm. and in the beginning of it though I enjoyed it immensely it was more about um, yes all eyes are on me but it's you know I was always trying to please that bull as much as I can which I still do but there was a turning point when we began the cuck lifestyle where I realized well wait a minute <laughs> can make this about me too mm-hmm. and you know and that made that was just a hurdle I didn't realize was there and it's just made everything so much better and what other ways has it made it better for you um <laughs> I feel like I have more attention I feel like G enjoys it more the bull enjoys it more when I'm pleased and getting the attention. I get off more. Yeah, she comes a lot harder and a lot more often. <laughs> yeah, so that's the ins and outs of it. So uh, for you, G, when you find yourself in, in, you know, in these moments and, and you're kind of feeding off of, you know, of her, off of her energy and you're, you're seeing her go after what she wants understanding where she came from how would you describe the pleasure that that brings you yeah yeah and that, that's an important point you make in relation to where she has come from right. both before that we've been together and how we met and uh, how so we both at some level in the uh, in the lifestyle um, but the evolution, um, being able to give her that joy, um, yeah, it, it just means everything to me. The, the co- it gives me the confidence and trust that we have. So that honesty has turned into trust. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have talked to a lot of in the past month a lot of other couples either in a cuckold relationship curious about it and 
the level of trust that I have, um, first of all, that I can give her. I mean, there's no one before her ever should have trusted me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I can honestly, I don't, I never would have to say to her now, trust me. I don't say that's something I said before to get people to trust me when they shouldn't. Right. I mean, it's that you got it. You have got it. And I feel that um, it's a two-way street. I get that back perfectly back from her. Um, there is nothing uh, between us um, that I don't feel is absolutely in tune, above board. Um, and in fact, uh, we tell, tell on each other all the time on our thoughts now. So it's not even actions. Like, hey, I got to tell you about a thought that I just had that, you know, feels wrong because I didn't involve you in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're that in tune, right? I'm telling on myself we're uh, you know, having a thought that may have bro- broken her trust. Which right. To me, is an amazing thing. And I get it right back in return. I never thought I could live this honestly with another person. And it means everything to me because that's what I wanted in life that I never thought I'd have. And now you do. And now I do. Um, or something that I, I want to ask you, I, you know, something that I commonly hear, you know, questions that usually it, it comes from the guys who are exploring this lifestyle and, and either they, they're at the point where they haven't brought it up to their wives yet or they're still in the very you know, infant stages of it and one of the things that they worry about it's a question that i hear a lot is does this change the way that you see your husband in a negative sense like they'll always ask you know the other cucks or your other wives like have you with your husband being a cuck have you lost respect for him do you see him differently do you see him as less than like those kinds of things and i'm just curious as to how you would answer that question as far as how being in this type of dynamic has changed or affected or altered, improved, whatever whatever word you want to use, but what effect it has had on the way that you see G? I love connecting to him in any way that I can. So any new experience that we have together, builds our relationship uh, is I know his mind and I can see his mind working even harder when he's caged I can just see a different look in his eye he looks at me differently and it's just a different connection that we have at that time and I love any kind of a connection I can make with him mm-hmm any kind of a connection. It doesn't matter what. Just building the relationship. That's all we're doing is building our relationship and becoming stronger and falling more in love with every connection that we make, no matter what that is. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, something else that I wanted to get you guys to talk about. Um. I know that it's something that a, a lot of couples do, and I just wanted I wanted other people to hear you guys talk about it because it's such a an integral part to what your overall dynamic is, and that is 
I, I love the, the rituals that you guys have, the, the way that you incorporate these things into your dynamic and the fact that how heavy they are, meaning the weight that they carry. Like, they're, 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 it's not fluff. You know, like it's something that, oh, no, this has to be there. Can you kind of give my listeners an idea of, of what those rituals are when they go into effect, when they go into place, and what they mean to the overall health of, of your dynamic and why they are important? Um, before I answer that, on the last question, talking about um, other couples asking for advice, um, that's happened to us a lot in the last month. And um, one thing I want to point out is um, I, I think it's going to be tough for a husband who says, oh, I want this. I want the, I want my wife to cook me. Um, my focus and our focus is on each other and our connection, and we just let it happen and evolve. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is where we're at right now. Um, and just being open to anything, uh, I think, is probably the, the right way to go. So uh, for this question, the rituals, yes, all about us. I mean, uh, the one thing, you know, a w- wedding was important. She never had a wedding. Um, I wanted to give her, and we had a beautiful uh, you know, COVID wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just for us, it was perfect. Uh, we have branded each other. Uh, infinity brand mm-hmm. uh, so it, to me that was more important than our uh, wedding ceremony as far as uh, we have learned and always anytime we experience something sexually lifestyle so non-vanilla we spend a lot of time talking about it. how did that make us feel what would we do differently how can we make it better for you for me and, and we discuss it and that's part of that uh, evolution and in that, we've learned that um, it's the sex is great, and she is as good as anyone I've ever <laughs> seen or been with uh, at it. Uh, but the preparation for her is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So um, if I lined up a bowl for later tonight, it's not going to make her happy. She would perform admirably um but and i might but i'd get more satisfaction out of it out of it than she would. right but to talk to her and to have her ask for me so part of the ritual is her asking that um ask me to begin the process to have a date mm-hmm. and that means connecting with communicating with um people we already know or potentially someone that has asked has inquired about having a date with her and then uh to have a first date to where we it's not about sex we have to first if there's physical attraction uh intellectual attraction uh is real important it's got to meet a a certain standard um and then uh i mean specifically uh in the cuckold lifestyle we've taken to once a date is set Cage goes on. Mm-hmm. I'm not a guy who's, you know, chastity is the most important thing in my life, but I love the ritual of, okay, we bowl X, 
and we've agreed it's Tuesday, and we're going to have a date Saturday night, and so I'm about to let you know that this is going to happen, and she says, great, and uh, we get the cage, mm-hmm. and we put that on. Um, she wears her keys, my key around her neck, and um, if I'm not giving her enough attention around the house, she dangles it. <laughs> <laughs> And my yeah, you know, my head snaps, and I realize uh, that I'm I'm I need to be more attentive to her. But I hope she never gets introduced to the right. shot collar. Shot? <laughs> oh, the shot collar! No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no there, there are a few couples oh, I've talked John to. Michael, who, what, <laughs> the hell? what have you just done to me? But uh, so other rituals. So in that, if there is time, then they're getting her nails done and her hair, and we go shopping. Um, Let's buy a new outfit for the the date, right. and let's. And it, it's all very real, uh, ritualistic. And um, neither of us have tattoos, mm-hmm. not, not a one on our body. It's been something we both just haven't done and didn't see a need to do. Uh, but we use the temporary tattoos mm-hmm. and putting those on uh, two or three days before uh, going out ourselves on a vanilla date. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple nights before, and uh, having the Queen of Spades tattoo on her ankle, or depending on the weather, maybe on her shoulder blade. Right. Letting people see that. Uh, hilarious that, uh, you know, she might be on the next day at the gym, and somebody <laughs> notices and asks about it. Um, but that's part of, you know, living an honest life. Right. And, uh, or sharing a secret, which is very powerful. Too, that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we have... Uh, made ritual and ceremony out, at, out of it, and to me that is part of uh, creating build-up um, and uh, so, something that we share together that makes the actual event, the date, uh, less important than the, the whole process. No, and I, I know from, from talking to you both that, you know, it's 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 not just something that you do but it's essential, you know, like this doesn't work for you guys without that, you know, being present, which I think is really cool. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things that I think other couples could benefit from not doing it the way that you do it, but finding what works for you, like finding something that you do that, that kind of signifies, okay, we're in the beginning process of this. This is what we do each and every time. So that even if the time that you spend with the bull is subpar, you still get the benefit of that ritual. You know, So even if a situation is not great or even not even good, the overall experience is great because it gave you an opportunity to, you know, to start that ritual again, you know, and at the very least, the bull gets to serve as that catalyst to getting you into the ritual, you know. So, like I said, even if it's a subpar experience, it's like, hey, well, at least he, you know, he got the ritual engine going, you know, and and you and you got to, you know, experience that. So that's something that, you know, for any couples that are listening to this. I hope that this sparks that kind of conversation. Like, well, what are our rituals? Why don't, you know, if we don't have one, why don't we? You know, what could we do? What can we do? 
what, what we like to do and at least, you know, uh, start to explore that because I am a firm believer in, you know, in, in, in that closeness. Like one of the things that happened uh, during COVID was a lot of couples were wondering, well, how do we do this cuckolding thing if there's not a bull present? You know, and I'm I'm just one of those people that believe that, you know, as great as things can be with a good bull, that should only elevate what you have. In other words, not having someone in the picture shouldn't deflate what you have. And I see that couples sometimes get into that. Like, well, what, how do we do this if there's not a bull involved? How do we act on this? How do we treat each other? if he's not involved and hopefully you know more couples will figure out a way to you know to enhance what they have just between the two of them i definitely have a thought there COVID or otherwise but uh if you put your the, the different websites and platforms out there um i mean there's really not a platform that is specific to this lifestyle and there should be um but uh if you put your wife out there um and that you are interested in this type of dynamic uh you are going to get responses mm-hmm. and very par- uh, important in the process is that i am out there uh, for lack of a better term collecting data <laughs> uh and beginning initial discussions um and I talk to a lot, and I'm finding out, can they communicate? I'm trying to do some basic verification. Do there, does their story line up over time, a few uh, messaging sessions, or does it fall apart? Are they consistent? Uh, are they using, uh, are they coherent? Um, of course, picture sharing, um, but I'm not involving her in that up front. So part of the ritual starts with I am choosing to make this next step i am presenting here is uh, a potential new bull here's his qualifications and i'm going to introduce him to you and generally then you enter into a three-way chat uh where i am make the introduction that, mm-hmm. that is a very you know that i have done enough work that i feel that there is potential there and i i'm basically presenting uh and then you know from there she starts to take over and have her input but that's probably a, one of the key points and your comment that can be done now regardless it's a it's a virtual interaction mm-hmm. so like you said you 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 spent a, a a large chunk of your life kind of chasing this not necessarily this right right specifically but chasing something that that gave you that feeling and you're no longer chasing it. Yeah, I was. You know, I was uh, chasing sexual acts, but what I wanted was a personal relationship. Right. So I'm just curious when you, you know, you, you see this woman who you've dedicated your life to and has had such an impact on you, and you know gone through the steps and, and, and found a guy that 
for however long they're together that she can enjoy and that is going to show her a good time. And then you're there and you're you're kind of watching it all go down and you, you're, you're seeing her having a great time. What does that feel like for you? Uh, like, how would you describe that feeling? So what I didn't understand there, like, like in the actual moment where they're having sex or? Well, just everything. I mean, because it, it's, it's not like the guy just walks through the door and pulls his cock out and, you know, like just everything. Like, well, sometimes that's what well, <laughs> if they've had some kind of connection <laughs> beforehand. Um, but I'm talking about everything from basically the moment you hand him off to her. In other words, you've talked, you've vetted, you know, you've, you've done what you do, and it's like, hey, okay. All right. this, I, I this guy it. checks the boxes, and then you I got, I got, hand him off to her. I'm getting my head around it. So that's part of the ritual, then, is the um, – Puck angst that mm-hmm. uh, R is fantastic. She's brilliant at uh, inducing. Um, I feel, I mean, there's nervous. There's so much trust. So, I, I mean, there's no real fear. Um, but I get uncomfortable. Um, difficult to describe, but I have described it. And I say, in those moments um, where I'm having these incredible angst, I feel all things at once. Mm-hmm. I feel total bliss and jealousy at the same time, and they counteract each other. Um, because I'm so happy that I um, am giving her a gift um, that she so welcomes, but then also societal conditioned I should feel this way and I do feel that way but I'm feeling and I'm feeling everything at the same time my brain's on fire it's like the biggest you know rush you could ever get and it, it ends up um being balanced in the end but mm. I can feel so much at one time but all in balance because it's so grounded in our relationship I don't know if that does it justice at all <laughs> but that's well no i mean your no your your answer is your answer you know the way i say it is like it's not a test there's no right yeah. or wrong answer i mean everyone is walking you know that's one of the things that i i enjoy about this so much is everybody's story is unique you know and when i record these episodes i have no idea who your story is going to resonate with all i can hope is that i know it's going to resonate with somebody whether it's your side of the story or her side of the story, I know that somewhere down the line, someone is going to hear it and it's going to turn on a light bulb in their head. So specifically, I know R enjoys very much when she can create a moment where she can see fear in my face. The, <laughs> the fear that I am losing her mm-hmm. and that I will fight to get her back. And not you know not physically right it's, right it's a mantle that I yeah. realize that um I have to be more for her mm-hmm. um and the devious smile she gets on her face when she um can put me in that position and there's one time in particular I'm gonna say where she was with Paul having incredible time <laughs> and I had to get up and pace. I was pacing the hotel room, looking out the window, and she said, come here, sit down. 
looking me in the eye, and the bull's really getting after. Mm-hmm. And she's real calm. Look at me in the eye. You're still important to me. Hmm. And she had me, you know, at that right. moment. It was just totally just had me, crushed me, and then built me back up. And it was just, yeah, it was amazing. So, Art, let me ask you, since he brings that up, what is it about those moments that, that you enjoy so much? Like, what, what does that, do those moments do for you? I, when I'm with a bull and I'm fucking him and I've got my legs wrapped around his waist and I'm running my fingernails down his back, I am still making love to G. Mm-hmm. And I love when I can see him. I love when I can see his reflection in a mirror. I love that when he comes up and touches my hair and touches my hand or holds my hand, and when I'm losing him, I got to get him back. So things have to, you know, let's take a minute, focus on me. Now let's keep going. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can feel it when his attention oh, and his yeah. energy is yeah. not where it needs to be. Yeah, it's gets a little overwhelmed it's only happened a couple of times and he'll he's can't he's just all over the place he can't focus and he's certainly not focusing on me and I can't have that (laughs) (laughs) oh that that's that that that's awesome um now I do have to be I always try to be mindful of of you know of the time and I know that I would love to have you guys back to kind of go into detail about other components of your dynamic or experiences that you've had and and everything. I always like to use these first episodes just to kind of give people an idea of how you got to this point, you know, because I can't really go forward until people understand how you got here. Um, so that's what I always try to do with the initial episodes is just to give people an idea of how you got here so that in the future when they hear you talk about other things, you know, they've seen, you know, they've seen Star Wars. You know, they've seen the first right, one. Right, so right. They, they understand how everything else, um, you know, uh, you know, fits into place, and I have to do that, or else I have to have like three-hour-long episodes. <laughs> you know, but before I let you guys, um, you know, get out of here, you know, you've listened, you know, to the show, and there's always that moment where, you know, you guys came to me through my show, so you've sat there and you've listened to me talk to other people, and you know, you've been able to glean certain things from you know, the different episodes that I've had, whether they were things that you said, hey, we want to try this, or hey, we don't want to make that mistake, you know, whatever, you know, how, however it, it, it affected you. But now here you are in that place where there's going to be somebody listening to you. So, and R, I want you to go first. When you, when you know that there are women out there who are listening to this, and maybe their husband just presented this to them, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I've got these feelings, and I, I, I want to open this door, and I want to explore this with you. And she's sitting there like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know because of, 
societal things she's been through or maybe she's lacking self-confidence in herself. For whatever reason, she's struggling with the concept of it. What would you say to her? What would you say to that woman to not to get her to do it, but just to get her to take a deep breath and really look at it and hear what her husband is saying? Well, first I would say it does not matter what society thinks. Mm-hmm. It is what you want, what makes you happy, and what makes the two of you happy. And I never felt more beautiful until I, until G and I began our relationship and you know, he was showing me off and that felt really good. I'd never had anyone show me off like that before or not in a very long time. And I was like, it's so weird that he's wanting me to dress, you know, it's okay to wear heels. And the more that I could express myself, the more beautiful I felt. And I have never felt more beautiful. Not even when I was in my 20s did I feel more beautiful than I do now. <laughs> No, that that's I, I I never get get tired of hearing that, and you know, I always talk about the confidence, and it's just always good to see. I mean, it's it's always good to see, and I love to hear other women talk about that to other women. So, uh, to UG, like I said, knowing that you know there are husbands out there listening who, and you've kind of gotten a, a, a taste of it just by being on Twitter and opening yourself up the last few weeks. You're living the dream to a lot of these guys who haven't gotten there yet. You know, so what would you say to them to make this dream feel more attainable? Yeah. So they're, the people we've interacted with here recently have been a lot, and there's probably two categories. The husband that would like to, bring their marriage mm-hmm. into it. And then there are uh, an amazingly large number of single men who think this is an attractive lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're not in a relationship. Um, so my first thing is be true to yourself and, and let people know that this is what you're thinking. Um, for the husbands that are married, I'd say you know, bring it up, do it subtle, talk about I've listened to your keys and ankle podcast. Uh, listen to some episodes together, um, but in, most guys are going to say to their wife, hey, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Let's just go grab a, a bowl and get mm-hmm. after it. And I would say, instead, ask them how that made them feel to be presented with that, and then to listen. Pause. Really listen. And it's not about trying to get her to do what you want will happen if she chooses to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you present it with it, you listen, how does it make you feel, um, and then what What alternatives do you think? It'll get to where it's supposed to get to. This may be it, might not be it. It's got a much better chance. Uh, you got to start, it's a female-led sexual dynamic. Mm-hmm. So you got to let the female lead it. So the cuck can't, Make it happen. I mean, right. You just got to present it and 
let the female lead where it goes, uh, and it might not be where he wants. Um, that is that is my advice. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, I guess I'm giving advice on how to be a good cop, right? You gotta you gotta let let a woman lead, right? Oh no, absolutely. Um, so with all that being said, uh, I want to thank you both. You know, for for first of all for coming to New York. <laughs> And for, you know, letting me be nosy and, and share your story, you know, with all of my listeners out there. And, you know, I love bringing these different stories of, of all of these different journeys. You know, as I always say, it's like we've all wound up at the same campground, but we all took a different way to get here. You know, like there's so many different routes. Some people walk, some people rode bikes, some people flew, some people drove. And then the people that drove, they took different cars. And it's just so many different ways that people took to get here, but yet we're all at the same campground. And so anytime I get to to talk to someone who has got a story that's unlike anyone else's, like even remotely, totally different that always excites me you know what i mean because i know that that's adding a totally new chapter you know to all of this and i know that there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be like wow you know i i never thought we'd encounter anybody with a story that was even remotely similar to ours and yet here they are you know um and so it, it's it's always fun for me to do that so I want to thank you guys for coming on and, and, and being so honest and transparent and authentic, you know, and I know that my listeners can hear that, you know, because I can feel it just sitting right here in front of you. So I know that they can hear it. And hopefully I did a good job of, of, of bringing it to them and, and making it as clear as, as I possibly could. Um, as always, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters. Uh, those of you out there who are, you know who you are. Uh, I thank you from the bottom of my heart because I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it wasn't for your continued support. Uh, for those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, like I said, maybe this will be the episode that will convince you. Maybe this will be the episode that makes you say, you know what, we like what that Michael C. guy is doing. He's really, really trying to make a difference, and he's really, really trying to help people. And, you know, we want to do what we can to help him achieve that goal. So with all that being said, I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and the Anklets podcast, and I will see you when I see you. Peace. Peace.